With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Give me the flats of dawn with plenty of tailing fish and the perfect fly rod yeah. and get ready for some magic. Awesome Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. And with that beer pour, I'd like to welcome you to the Monday Night Show, the Monday Night Kickoff Show, hosted by myself, Charles Levi, and joined, as always, my illustrious co-host, Mr. Pepe Vidal. Good evening, everybody. Nice Monday (laughs) night here. (laughs) We just came off of a pretty exciting weekend. We had the uh, Apopka Old Florida Outdoor Festival, which was an event not to miss. Or for some people, maybe an event that they don't mind missing. I don't know. I don't. It was a great turnout. Uh, unfortunately, Saturday we had a lot of rain. We'll get into all that kind of stuff. But uh, it was uh, it was a fun, it was a fun-filled event. A couple great concerts, and uh, yeah, saw some of our some of our local Space Coast kayak angler family members got out there on the water. Some of them did a little low sodium fishing, or as as uh, Chris Sensi likes to call it bait fishing. And uh, (laughs) I've been now dubbed, I guess, per Mr. Sensi, no longer Redfish Chuck. I guess my new nickname will be Shiner Chuck. So (laughs) that's good. He told me he's going to start bass fishing and I can hook him up with bait. So not really sure how I feel about that. But uh, anyhow... um, a couple things to get to real quick. Of course, as always, uh, we like to try and give you guys the the uh, upcoming events of what's going on here in Central Florida or even across the state. You know, we got some tournaments on their way to get to be that time of year. Uh, Peppy's got some information on, a, on an event that may – I don't know. Can you talk about what you told me about, about the uh, Tropic Bay deal? Oh, yeah, yeah. We could definitely talk about it. Because I think it's, it's something that I think is – it's probably a 95% chance for sure chance it's going to happen, you know? So, awesome. Yeah. Let's, oh, yeah. let's, uh, we'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. But, uh, of course, those of you who follow Kayak Fishing Radio and have done so for a couple of years now or follow uh, yakangler.com on their website or on Facebook, 
you know what this weekend is, the boondoggle. Um, this is a smaller version of the boondoggle, getting back to kind of the, the roots of what the event used to be all about, which was just kind of come as you are and enjoy each other's company. I know it's a much smaller crowd this time going up to uh, southern Georgia there along the coast. So if you want information, you're still thinking about maybe going, you can do that. Uh, you can um, you can uh, go to yakangler.com backslash boondoggle. Sorry, man, brain fart. Got phone ringing and all kinds of stuff going on. Um, and then the following weekend, well, actually also too this weekend, uh, sorry about that, down south in Miami, of course, the, the uh, Miami Boat Show. Um, for those of you who have maybe never been to a boat show like the Miami Boat Show, I would highly recommend it if you can make it down there. It's a, a giant event, beautiful venue. I'm sure you've been a few times, huh, Pepe? Oh, yeah, easily, easily 10 times, easily when I lived down there. I used to actually work every once in a while. Nice. Oh, yeah. So uh, there you go. You got the Miami Boat Show this weekend, the boondoggle up the other direction up the coast. So, uh, And then next weekend, of course, we have, I think we've all been patiently waiting for this to happen. The, uh, the second installment of the Adventure Fishing World Championships, which will be taking place in Flamingo. I cannot even begin to tell you how pumped I am for that one. What do you think, Pat? Oh, yeah. No, that's going to be great. It's going to be, it's going to be a great trip. It's going, to be, uh, it's going to be one of those, you know, I'm, 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 I'm excited to go down there and fish, you know, where I fished pretty much my whole life, pretty much fishing down there. So it's like, I'm excited, to, you know, and, and, and waiting to see. I, I'm, I'm very curious how this whole thing's going to turn out and where the checkpoints are going to be and stuff because it's it's going to be different, you know. And, and if people haven't been down there, I know you already got some inside uh, scoop on the whole thing and everything like that, but people that don't know what flamingos like and stuff like that, you're in for a surprise when you get it down there, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just in, just in talking with you and talking with a few other guys, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm still I'm still like on the fence about which which craft do I bring down there with me. Um, uh, I probably won't make up my mind until the morning we get ready to leave of what boat I'm going to take with me. But uh, yeah, it sounds and, like it's going to be. It, and it's one of those Chuck that when you make your game plan on what you're going to do. You better take into a, and you bet you better count on the tides. You better you better take into <laughs> account tides and stuff because you might be you might be stranded for 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 hours. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's funny that you say that because that was one of the things that uh, that I was talking to uh, Alex from down south from uh, fr- what's that. No, I didn't say nothing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's one of those things that I was talking to Alex from, uh, uh, was it Big Ca- Big Fish? Big Catch? Yeah. I can never get it right. Big Catch Kayak Fishing. Big Catch Kayak, yep. So that's uh, so what I was talking to him about, and he was like, dude, I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I said, I said good. I, well, I already got my game plan. Alex and I have already discussed this. Alex Grishke is my, my, my partner for this year. Uh, I know everybody, I'm sure everybody has, has read 
the uh, the teams and everything. You're partnered up with Alan this year, which is awesome. And uh, um, I already told Alex. I said we're following Peppy and, and the other Alex. I said I ain't playing games, dude. <laughs> no, I ain't never been down, down there, there, dude. Down there, when I'm telling you, the water it turns into a sandbar out there. I mean, you have a big beach out there. You can have a big beach. Is <laughs> what you get. It's like, <laughs> it's like you better not get caught in one of those areas that you're just stuck. You know what I mean? You you're not going anywhere. Right. You know. Yeah. So uh, real quick, we're going to talk a little bit more about this too. It's going to be awesome. But uh, let's see. Oh, looks like Mike's uh, partner has backed out. He needs a partner. Mm. Which Mike? Micah. Oh, really? Yeah. He was fishing with Jason. I think he was supposed to fish with Jason Broach, I think. Yeah. Thought it, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so, I don't know. But, um, anyway, so real quick, I just want to give a little shout-out to those that are in the chat room. Um, I want to say what's up to the Black Fly guy. Uh, we got a couple of guests in there. Uh, Wade Hollowell's in there. We got uh, Mike from New Smyrna Beach. Mr. Randy Mofo English. <laughs> and, uh, of course, as always, Uno Moss, our, our, our boy Andrew Mixon. Um, but, you know, what's funny is uh, – Going back to going back to the uh, going back to the um, good God, man, get it together. Going going back to the, uh, the the plan for down south, man. You know it, it, that that's that's again that's why I'm on the fence of what am I going to bring. You know, do if if I should get caught on a sandbar with a 14 foot pro angler. Do I do I really want to have to either sit in it all day long or drag it, you know, however far I got to get it to get some water, you know? And uh, I can stand and pull it. Yeah, I'm not concerned about moving it in shallow water. I can stand and pull it. I, and I feel more comfortable pulling it than paddling it, of course. But, um, you know, then I look at, like, the Outback, which is a good boat for, for me to try, or, or not try, but for me to use. Um, and then the other one would be, Maybe um, maybe using the Revo 13, but then again, I'm I'm kind of a big guy, man, and that, that Revo 13 is a real small boat. I think you guys have a you guys and your Slayers have a pretty good advantage when it comes to I mean between the two pedal boats, I would say, um, because you got the best of both worlds with that boat. Um, I, I've paddled the Outback a long distance. And it paddles fairly well for a twelve foot boat. But I've seen you guys paddle around the uh the slayer. And it paddles pretty darn awesome. Oh yeah. It paddled just like pretty much like the other slayers itself. It, I mean it's just pretty much pretty similar to that. So it's it does it does does paddle easy. I mean it really does. Um I I would say, Chuck, for for I think for that trip, if anybody has, if you have wheels, if oh, you yeah. have any wheels, any cart, carry it with you on your trip because there could be a time that you might have to pull out those wheels. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, no matter what boat enough, I end up, yeah, I was going to say, whatever boat I choose, man, I'm definitely bringing the wheels with me. Don't, trust me when I tell you that that's, like, 
on the checklist of stuff to make sure you don't forget, that's at the top of the list. Yeah. (laughs) Mike's saying that if he can fit in a Revo 13, I can too. Yeah, I gotcha. But you know what, to me, it's not even as much about fitting into it as much as it is about, is it comfortable for me to fish in all day? And I'm so used to bigger boats that have, that, that are much more stable, like the PA or like the, uh, the big tuna, um, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, bug spray is definitely on the list as well. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, what's going on? I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I don't know. I sat down last night and I was going through some of my tackle stuff when I got home and looking through some of my lures and plugs and things and trying to figure out an idea of, of exactly what it is that, uh, that I'm going to take with me down there. But, uh, I don't know, it should be interesting. I know for a fact I'm bringing a buggy whip of some kind, um, for, for fun fishing, you know, but, um, Oh yeah. Cool. Well, so enough about that. We've got another Monday to, to talk more about that particular outing. So we'll, we'll do that next week. Um, what do you, uh, did you, did you get to fish at all this past week? I didn't notice. Have you got a chance to fish at all, or, or were you pretty much just mm-hmm. stuck doing what you had to do? Nah, pretty much. I was. Yeah, I didn't fish at all this week. I pretty much got a Saturday. Um, Diane was on call um, in the hospital, so pretty much it was one of those days when she's on call. I just can't do really much. I just got to hang out at the house and take care of the kids and everything like that. And um, so I pretty much worked on the. I pretty much worked on the flats boat. Is what I did on Saturday. I worked on the trailer. Um, putting bearings in, the whole stuff, all that stuff. Did all that on Saturday. And then Sunday, of course, I was over the, at the Apocalypse Festival um, over there with, um, with you guys over there yesterday. So, And that Craig Morgan concert was, was freaking awesome. That was good. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's about it. Didn't do any fishing. Didn't do anything like that. Um, plan to do this next week, and I think, you know, plan to do something. Got to do something, but... Um, don't know, to tell you the truth, I was planning to fish this weekend and everything, but I don't, I don't know, you know, it's one of those things that we're going to be gone, like myself, I'm going to be gone from Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the following weekend, do I want to be in the doghouse, or do I want to be, you know what I'm saying, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, no. uh, Trust me, I, I understand, brother. I, I was trying to I was trying to figure out when I was going to take a uh, take my road trip to go pick up the new boat. But uh, I was like, hmm, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll leave really early on Sunday morning, really early Sunday morning. Uh-huh. Drive over, get the boat, come back, and then go straight to work because I have to open the shop at at noon. Yeah. And then I'm like, but that's usually the day I get to spend a few more hours with the wife and the kids. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> But if I don't yeah. go Sunday, then I'm going to have to go Monday, and I'll have to find somebody to watch the kids for me on Monday after I drop them off at school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the issues. The issues that – yeah, whatever. The issues that come to – And you want uh, it – and the thing is, you want to have it in time. you got to have it. you got to pick it up with a little bit of time so you have time to rig it and all kinds of stuff because I'm sure you want to do some stuff to it before. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Time. Yeah, absolutely. I've got, uh, I got, oh, I just got off the, uh, well, I didn't just get off the phone. I got off the email 
chat back and forth with uh, the fine folks over at Yak Gear and, and Railblazer. And, uh, you know, something that I thought was pretty cool this year is that they um, they came to the team and they were asking us, you know, hey, what can we do differently for the upcoming year? Is there any kind of products you'd like to see? Blah, 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 anything like that. You know, can we do a better job for you guys? Like they get, asking all kinds of good questions. And so uh, one of the things I had mentioned, but not for not for an ambassador standpoint, but more so for a, a retailer standpoint, you know, one of the things that, that I thought would, would make sense would be a, uh, a light kit, much like um, what Luther has. So where you buy the one package, you get a flag, you get the light, you get the stick, you know, the whole thing. And, um, you know, and obviously the way to mount it in the track system or not, depending upon how you like to run it, or you can use the Scotty base, you know, all the different ways that he's got it rigged up. Um, I said, you know, the problem right now is that with Yak Gear, Railblazer, you, you really can't buy one package and get that, you know, that one, that one set, that one kit. You follow me? You got to buy yep. like, you got to buy a couple of different pieces to put it all together, and um, from a from a, a from a retail standpoint, as a consumer, I think that it would make more sense to be able to walk in, grab the box, and go, as opposed to have to stand in front of a wall full of uh, full of accessories and kind of have to try and pick and choose what you need to make it work for you, you know. So, make a long story short, they uh, they took. I'm sure not just my advice, but maybe some advice from the other guys. And they actually put one of those packages together where the, it comes in a, in a, in a box. Now um, get a little flag, safety flag, the stick, the light, you know, the mount, whatever, um, all in one package. And so uh, I've got that coming. <clears throat> That's going to need to be, well, the base, the starport is going to need to be mounted on the boat. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and keep it as simple as possible. Um, but then again, you know, after looking at Alan's UFO, <laughs> I kind of like to call it because it's got it's just got all kinds of things sticking out everywhere, which is awesome. I mean, it, that thing is rigged like proper. Um, I, 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 maybe I have a little bit of rigging jealousy, so uh, I don't know. I may have to put some extra stuff on there. But uh, I was hoping that I'd have a uh, micro power pole by then, but I don't think that's going to happen. I thought by this by what the weekend of the, of yeah, the, the weekend tournament. I don't think I don't I don't know they're 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 starting to build them now, but I don't know if they're out yet. I don't know if they started shipping them out yet. Yeah, I think that they I, th- I do think they are available. I think that it's going first come first serve from who bought who which which place put their orders in first. You follow me? Um, yeah, and so. You know, t- I talked to Tom over at Kayaks by Bo, and <laughs> when I got back, listen, when I got back from ICAST, the first thing I told him about was the micro power pole. I was like, listen, so you, I think you need to bring this thing in. And he was like, no. He's like, no one's going to buy a micro power pole. I said, listen. <laughs> I said, if we don't sell a bunch of them, that's okay. But if we sell a few, that's cool. You know, if we don't have to make a major yep. investment to bring them in, but a couple guys want them, you know, I think Alan would, would put one on his boat for sure. Um, I know that you were talking about maybe wanting one. 
you know. Oh, and, I, I am going to put one on. I, oh. I, I'm telling you, I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, you know, after seeing Sam Root post up some pictures of uh, the, the Hobie um, bracket that goes across the back of the PA, I like the way it looked. And I like the idea of not really having to drill too many holes into the boat itself to make that thing work. So, exactly. you know, and, and, and there's another, and there's another point to having it there at the shop. Okay. They're, they're Chuck at, at, at kayaks by boat. Um, the other point that I see with it. Okay. Like Tom was saying that man, he doesn't think people will buy it. I think differently because I think when you have a guy go in there and he's buying a $3,000 PA, Right. Or, or even a, a Slayer Propel, $2,400, almost $2,500 for that boat. Right. That guy is going in there spending that kind of money. That guy, most of the time, when you tell him you have a power pool now, it's $500, whatever it's going to cost. I don't know what it's going to cost, something like that. That guy most probably is going to get it. You know what I'm saying? If, right. if he's a fisherman, he's going to want it. If he's going to spend yeah. that much money already in a boat, he's going to get it. I, you know, and, and the funny thing about – and. and uh, I don't mind talking about this this topic because it's been one that has been heavily debated on most of the forums that are out there and uh, definitely on Facebook a million times over. Um, people are beating the dead horse continuously with that. But um, the, the, the constant consensus is, oh, uh, hey, I, I've got a $75 stakeout pole and uh, – I've got a $75 stakeout pole that I can just stick in the mud. Well, uh, yeah, you do. That's right. You do. Absolutely. Um, Mike's, Mike's saying he disagrees uh, with, with our comments, but we'll get to that in just a second, Mike. Um, you know, but to me, it, well, let's base it back on, onto our style of fishing real quick. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy right here to figure out, uh, to figure out why, why you and I would both want one of these things. The way we fish, mainly sight fishing. Well, actually, no, almost all sight fishing, and most of that being standing. So, when you're standing up and you're cruising along, if you've spent any time at all on the Mosquito Lagoon or the Nomoder Zone, and you've been around enough redfish to see what happens when you decide, oh, I, damn, I need to stop, and you. You bend over to pick up a, a stakeout pole to stop yourself, or you grab your paddle to try and stop yourself, or whatever the the case may be, and the fish blows out because he sees that sudden movement of you standing up and down, or you know he can hear that thing, you know, he can hear you like fumbling around to pick up your your stakeout pole or your paddle. Um, you know, it happens. It happens a lot, and or even worse, you stand, you bend down. Excuse me, you bend down. You stand back up to look for the fish. Now you can't find them. That's right. Single fish. How many times have you lost eyesight of the fish that was right in front of you? And a lot of times they're still there, but because you've looked down and your mind's off it, when you look back up, they camouflage so well into the grass that it's almost impossible to pick them back up again until you're almost on top of them. Yep. And, and, and that, yeah, exactly. And how many times have I come up on a school of fish, Chuck, that the wind is, the wind is, is is uh, is on my back, and there's a school of fish in front of me, and I'm trying to stop the kayak. I'm trying to stop right. it so I don't blow on top of them, you know, so I don't blow them over. And right. When that's that power pole. Let me tell you, that thing. As soon as you stick that thing in the ground with no noise, you're you're stopped right there. Oh yeah. Spot. 
I mean, yeah. it, 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 I think it's a big game changer. I really is as far as the type of fishing that we do, you know, that kind of stuff. It, it really does. How many times have you sat there? Have, I, have we sat there with a stake cop pole? Yeah, you have a stake cop pole and you just stick it in the mud. How about when you're st- sticking that thing in the mud and you're trying to stick it in so you can stop and trying to, and you're making all this noise and all kinds of crap and everything like that, trying to, you know, to stop in one spot and next thing you know the fish are blowing out and everything like that because of that. Nah, man, you know it's one of those things. I mean, it's just whatever. It's one of those things that not everybody. It's not everybody's thing. I understand that, and it is expensive. You know, and it is. It, you know, and a lot of people don't see you know, the whole thing about it, you know, and spending all that money for something like that. But I don't know. I guess the type of fishing we do and stuff, I, I want one. You know, it's just. <laughs> yeah, well, um, and we just had a caller on the line, and I and I meant to get back to you on that, that caller, but uh, sorry about that. So if you called in, feel free to call back again. Uh, folks in the chat room, if you want to call in and get in on this conversation, feel free to do so. If you're listening to the podcast, you want to get in. On the conversation, give us a shout, 714-816-4727. If you just want to give us a fishing report, um, anything, just give us a shout, man. Feel free to do that. Um, but you know what else? This is, and this is the way I look at it, okay? If we lived in Miami or Pompano Beach or down south, I would be putting probably close to a $1,200 unit, bottom finder, GPS unit on my kayak. Exactly. Right. If I, if I if I mainly fish offshore, and I'm looking for wrecks and reefs and that kind of thing, I'm I'm a guy. Listen, I've fished on on boats my entire life. I've owned boats my whole entire life, and I know the value of a solid bottom fisher uh, bottom machine, you know, and a GPS. So if I were going to do that all the time and very often, I wouldn't even bat an eye at buying myself a really nice. Uh, Lawrence, uh, uh bottom finder fish finder combo and you're going to spend more money on a on a solid you know unit like that than you will on a power pole and for us that's our power pole right i mean that that's that's what we use to that 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 will be the tool that we will use to help us to catch the fish that we target so you know it's tomato tomato potato potato for everybody you know i mean uh what what works for what seems to sound cool for us might not be the same for other people you know last year last towards the end of last year there was there was four or five different fishing trips that we all took to the no motor zone or the mosquito lagoon where it's it's fairly slick calm we're just kind of paddling along and having a good time and talking bs and whatever and all of a sudden the wall of water picks up in front of us and starts moving to us Right? Yep. Yep. Well, another perfect example of a great time to hit a button. All you got to do is push a button and you stop. That's it. So if if you could push a button and have the rod in your hand while you're pushing a button, you could, if your rod is ready and you're just drifting down a flat, you can throw and push a button at the same time. You know, it's not, and it's not a $700 button. It, It, Mike's saying it's seven hundred dollar button. It's I think they retail for five ninety nine, so it's six hundred bucks. If you buy their stakeout pole, which is the same diameter as almost all of the other stakeout poles, then uh, then you can uh, you can use your own stakeout pole. And it's 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 a remote control too, so it's around your neck too. So if you're standing up, you don't have to reach down to press a button or anything like that. It's on your neck. 
Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and actually, I, mean, I think, and, and two, Peppy, I think they are going to do a, a floor button to where if you need yeah. to just step on a button, you can do that too. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Andrew says it's most likely going to be one of those things that uh, you don't think you'll ever use it, but once you have it, you wonder how you haven't lived without, or have you, how you ever live without it. And, you know, yeah. again, it's... But, I don't have the chat room up, but who? What, what mic is it that's that's saying that? New Smyrna Beach mic. Oh, okay, but I mean it's 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 one of those things. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. It's not for everybody. It's like we're saying, it's not for everybody. Yeah. He might not agree yeah. with it. That that's not for him. But you talk to, it's just like okay, perfect example. Drew Mixon. I guarantee you, Drew has on his kayak a thousand dollar unit. Loran unit, you know, something like that. I oh, guarantee yeah. you he does. Yeah, you know the what one that gets the boat or whatever, I was like a $1,000 unit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, you know, it's it was only a $1,000 unit. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and, 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 and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. You know, there's actually some, uh, there's actually some other really cool products that are coming out down the line and, you know. It'll be interesting to see what happens in this kayak fishing world the next couple of years with all the innovations and stuff that's going on. Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, – I think one of the things that you can kind of compare it to, and it's, it's one of those things that most of us would never, ever, ever – most of us would never, ever put it on our kayaks, a trolling motor, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't need it. For what we do, you know, and, and most of us are young enough to where, or healthy enough to where we don't have the shoulder issues and things like that, where that would really help. Um, but dude, who's going to put a two thousand dollar, a two thousand uh, dollar uh, trolling motor on a kayak? People do it, <laughs> you know. Hobie's got it yep. in their catalog. You know, they even have solar panels you can mount to your kayak to keep the thing running all day long. So I mean, you know, it's it's. It, Look, look at, look at, just ordered the touchscreen Lowrance. What? Says Andrew. <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> yeah, touchscreen Lowrance. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't 500 bucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guy's out of control. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, you know, it, it, again, it's one of those things. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a minimalist when it comes to what I want to deck out my, uh, my, uh, my kayak with. So, I mean... Honestly, a, a couple of things, a couple of uh, camera mounts is, is one of those things that I, I definitely want to try and do more of is, is more video this year. Um, one rod holder that's about hip high so that I don't have to bend down to pick up a rod. And, you know, I, I was contemplating even getting an H-bar for this boat, um, kind of like Alan has that stand-up bar that comes with the big rig. I was thinking about yep. getting an H-bar from Hobie. Um just for that purpose. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Pet, uh, Wade is saying something about a rim shot. Hang on. I'm pretty sure I have that. That uh, yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. Stand by. Rim shot for Wade. There you go. All right. We got, we got a caller on the line from the 321. Yeah. It's Alex. Hey. What's going on? Uh, What's up? Oh, not much, not much. Just calling in to see how everybody's doing tonight. 
Doing good, brother. Doing good. We're uh, we're chit chatting about uh. Wow, my mom has an H bar on her walker. Wow, that's cute. Um, so anyway, um, we're talking power poles. We're talking rigging kayaks. You know, we 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 we've kind of been all over the place tonight again. But uh, you know, with with me going to get the new boat here in the next couple of days, uh, we we're talking about how you know things I'm going to do to rig it up, whatever. And I mentioned that I'd like to get um, the micro power pole for it at some point. It, it definitely seems like it'd be a, a good idea um, if you got the boat to do it. I mean, it's, there's a reason why you see one on every flax boat you see cruise by. Yeah. And now, and now on bass boats, you see two of them mounted on the back of a bass boat. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that way they, they can stay put in the uh, current no matter which way they want to face. They can put themselves into it and drop it down. They don't pivot on it at all. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely one of those one of those products that it seems to have changed changed a lot of games for a lot of people. So just, I, I'd imagine the kayak one's going to do the same. Yeah, just to rebuttal to Mike's, my mom has an H bar on her walker. Uh, remark: <laughs> I'm not using the H bar to steady myself when I'm standing up. I'm using the H bar as a tool to hold my rod in place when I'm ready to pick it up and go and also to my push pole. So trust me when I tell you, I don't need it for balance. <laughs> if, you, if you need an H bar to stand up in a PA, then you got to find a new, a new hobby to pick up you, or just don't stand at all. Cause that's not good. I love you, Mike. I mean it. <laughs> Wade caught I definitely, up. Go ahead. I definitely like how they did that with that big rig, how they, they put that H-bar on the front. It seems like a uh, definitely useful tool for hanging stuff on and you know, from push pole to fishing rock and everything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alan pretty much showed everybody how you can rig something up to, you know, pretty much as, as, as best you can for our style of fishing out down here on the flat. So with that thing, I mean, it, it definitely makes things very, uh, very, very, comfortable i guess your cockpit being comfortable lord knows that's important to have a comfortable cockpit absolutely um, yeah anyway so uh so enough about that, enough about that um we'll see what happens maybe the, the the micro power pole will make an appearance at the adventure fishing world championship on the back of my boat i'm sure somebody will have it on the back of their boat down there and i'm sure it'll be a game changer for them too um, going back now to this past weekend's events real quick, if we can, um, the, the, uh, Apopka Old Florida Outdoor Festival, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you, Alex, for, uh, for helping out for the two days that we were out there with our booth. Was certainly glad to be there. It was definitely a good time. Saturday was a bit of a wash, but Sunday was, was certainly nicer weather. And, uh. We, I, I want to also thank you publicly for purchasing the deep fried Oreos. <laughs> Those things were ridiculous good. Those things were like, if if you could imagine bottling up baby Jesus's tears, that's pretty much what what those things tasted like. They were it was like going to heaven. It was. And, uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm, 
I wouldn't. I'm gonna have to go buy a, a package of deep fat or a package of uh, Oreos and some of that damn funnel cake batter so I can could do them myself in the house. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, and then another thing that was pretty good that uh, that we got to sample quite a bit of, thanks to our our friendly neighbors right down the way from our booth. Uh, if you guys are into grilling, cooking, I mean, you're a man, you should uh, like to grill and cook. Um, the guys over there at Grilling Gunpowder had uh, some of the best spices I think I've ever tried. Um, spice blends. They had a breakfast blend. They have a, a steak blend. They have a hunter's blend, a, like a Jamaican blend bunch of different blends but anyhow they were awesome uh if you want any information yep. about did you, you tried that alex didn't you yeah i tried it out for sure and there was you know there was a bunch of really good vendors there this year and you know it's definitely one of the ones that you know it's a little bit of a drive for anybody out here on the coast but you know anybody with that central florida region it's a you know an hour hour and a half and uh, really a neat a neat festival and a lot of different you know hits a lot of different things that you know most outdoor enthusiasts like so, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, so, I was actually, uh, uh, we did that, yeah. you know, I went and talked to the gentleman over there at Moonlight, uh, or Moonshine Lights, and uh, hopefully we'll be getting some, you know, some product development going on with that guy, something for some uh, some lighting features on the outside of the kayaks for the water and things like that. And, you know, there's, you'll be amazed what you can, uh, what you can, uh, what you can run into when you go to shows like that and actually talk to the people that are, are out there pushing out their products and, and uh, get involved with those people. It's, uh, you know, stuff like that is what leads to uh, all kinds of different things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, they had, of course, the duck calling competition. Quack, quack. Yep. Where were you? <laughs> what, what oh, yeah. That? that gave everybody... Alex is breaking up. Alex is breaking up. He uh, asked where Alan was. Um, oh. Al- Al- Alan was uh, was was joining the bait fisherman's club. Yeah. <laughs> the, Alan was supposed to take part in the contest, and he did it. And he didn't make it on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it was like I say, it was a good time had by all. The duck calling was interesting. Um, me it, not being a it, it, it a gave you a headache for about about an hour's worth of uh, headache there, wasn't it? <laughs> With all that yeah, stuff calling dude, for that long, <laughs> dude. But the best part, apps hands down, the best part about the duck calling was when uh, Captain Lee, what's her name, Nagola, Lee Noga, uh, Noga, when she was doing her shrimping seminar, and somebody was off in the corner blowing a duck call. She she literally looked like she was about to break bad and cut somebody. <laughs> I think she even said, like, blow that duck call again and I'm going to come over there or something like that. I was like, whoa. <laughs> someone's, about to get, someone's about to get prison shanked for blowing a duck whistle. <laughs> you know? Oh, and, 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 you know, what's interesting to me, and, and I'm going to be honest, like, I'll be the first person to tell you. 
I don't know a thing about duck hunting. I mean, I, I get it. You shoot the duck out of the sky when he flies by. You got to know which ones you're shooting, that kind of thing. Lead them. I, I understand the concept, but I've never done it. So, yeah, I'm getting to that. So, uh, <laughs> so um, I'm sitting there in the booth, and I, and I hear this guy blowing a, telling a goose call. You know, you know it's, uh, geese sound like whatever. So I walk over, and I ask the guy, you know, how much are your calls? I'm just curious. You know, maybe I want to get a maybe I want to get into duck hunting. I mean, you know, a lot of my friends do it, so maybe I'll maybe I'll get into it one day. And he's like, "Oh, which one?" I say, "I don't know that one." Because <laughs> I don't know nothing about duck calls. I don't know what's what's the difference. You know, I thought, uh, who knows? So uh, I thought it was like a I thought it was like a flute, like you just hold a different hole closed and it gives you a different duck call or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I didn't know. So anyway, so uh, he's like, "That one, that one's for for uh, Canadian geese." He said, where are you hunting? I said, oh, I don't hunt. I mean, I mean, I hunt, but I don't hunt ducks. And he's like, so why do you want a duck call? <laughs> I'm like, I'm just curious how much they cost. He goes, oh, well, that one's 50 bucks. I'm like, 50 bucks? I said, man, you can buy a lot of Wonder Bread with 50 bucks. <laughs> and the guy's like, <laughs> the guy looked at me, and Peppy knew. Peppy even looked at me when I said it. He goes, you gave me that look like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and the guy yeah, and, and, I, and I didn't realize. The thing is, I know the guy and I know yeah. him. You know, I'm good friends with him. Like I told you, I hunt with him with the same guy you were talking to. <laughs> so I, I didn't realize that that duck hunters are are nearly as as uh, as serious about it as they are. I mean, golly, y'all are passionate people. So apparently, that wasn't like the right thing to do. So I, I basically just told him. I said, um, I said. Uh, you know, aren't, I said, aren't all these ducks, don't all these ducks migrate south for the winter? Somebody standing next to me is like, yeah. I go, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't all the yuppies up north, don't they all feed ducks bread, like at lakes and ponds and parks and stuff? <laughs> and the guy, <laughs> guy behind the table is just shaking his head like, oh, my God. And, and the dude next to me is just looking at me like intrigued to where I'm going to go with this story. So I said, so, so. If that's the case, why don't you just sit in the duck blind and pitch out Wonder Bread as they're flying by, and maybe they'll stop and eat the Wonder Bread. Then you just shoot the ducks while they're sitting in the water. Oh, man. (laughs) And the look I caught from, like, four duck hunters, and you could tell these dudes were serious. The look I caught from, like, four duck hunters pretty much told me to, to like, go away. (laughs) So, so I, I politely tucked my tail between my legs. Thought it was still funny, but uh, but kind of like walked off. <laughs> but I, I, you, you got to like visualize what I'm thinking, right? You got you got to yeah. you got to visualize sitting in a duck blind. These ducks flying overhead. You, you're pitching out Wonder Bread like it's a frisbee. <laughs> they catch a glimpse. They fly down. You know, you could sell bags of uh, of bread and call it duck chum. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. And then you'll get arrested for baiting. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no crap. But you know, it, it was it was really cool though, honestly. And, and to listen to some of these guys blow a duck whistle was was pretty awesome. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even lie. Like, straight up, that's a, that's that's talent. Like, there's an art to that. There's no doubt. Because I heard one dude, like, I don't know if he was practicing. Apparently, he decided he wasn't gonna do it. Because he didn't sound nothing like a duck. I mean, I've never heard a duck sound like that. It sounded like someone was beating what, a duck. Was it when the when the was it when the competition was going on? 
No, I don't think it was. No, I don't think the competition had started yet. I heard some dude, okay, like off in a distance. Perhaps it was a guy who was just testing out a duck call. Okay, he didn't really know what the hell he was doing. Yeah, but I was going to ask you if it was during the competition. During the competition, we did have one junior uh, duck caller that we let him. He's not part of the competition because he's too young, but we let him call like part of the competition. Let him do it, and if you heard him, yeah, you would. That's that was one of those a year him calling, but come on, he was a kid. You know what I'm saying? It was one of those oh, things no, no, no. That I was I, asking if it was during the. I, no, no, I actually stood there and listened to the kid call, and and just to show my ignorance. I thought he sounded like a duck. I don't know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, again, I, I wouldn't know. Now you strike a turkey call. All right, I'm with you. <laughs> I understand the yeah. turkey language apparently, but you know, I, I, the duck thing is just kind of all all new to me. And it, and it, trust me when I tell you, it has been explained to me by several individuals that there's there's no similarity between competition duck calling and calling from a blind. Not so, at all. Yeah. Nothing. So that nothing at all. So yeah. So that's that's always good. <laughs> that's if good you to blow, know. That. If you if you're with me in a duck blind and you blow a duck call the way you blow it in a competition, I swear to I swear I will make you swallow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll make you swallow it because I am not going to send a duck blind with that thing blowing next to my ear like that. <laughs> that's funny. That's fine. Well, and you told me, you even told me, you said that you don't even blow duck calls. And, you know, sometimes Alan comes into the, in the, in the blind and he's sitting there blowing duck calls and you tell him to stop. Yeah, I have to tell Alan sometimes. He, he starts blowing that thing sometimes. I have to tell him, shut up, dude. I have to tell him, you know, hey, stop, you know, throw that thing out, man, or something. I'm going to throw it away. You know, I told him something. <laughs> because funny. it drives you crazy, dude. <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah, I mean, you're right, though, about 45 minutes, nah, not even that long. About five minutes into the competition, I was pretty much over it. I was like, all right, <laughs> y'all need to go find a new place to blow your duck whistles because it was loud. Those dudes get into it, and they're, like, dancing and back and forth. Like, oh, it was cool. But anyway, so besides that, they had a, a whole bunch of things for kids to do. They had a petting zoo and all kinds of stuff, and uh, they even had zip lines and they had some of the most amazing barbecue trucks that I've ever seen, and uh, the food was just absolutely incredible. The uh, camaraderie was there, as always, with the outdoor industry. I mean, you can't you can't ask to be around a better group of people, I wouldn't think, than hunters and fishermen. Um, you know, but for those who put on this event, I, I assure you that you have uh, sparked an interest in other cities to uh, try and follow suit and do you know, big venue-type extravaganzas like what was put on over there. I would love to see something like that come to Central Florida uh, or to, I should say, the East Coast, uh, primarily Brevard County. I think that it's – there's no doubt that we have the the population to support it. I mean, come on. That thing was in Apopka. And for anyone who's ever been to Apopka, I mean, no offense, Steve Chapman, if you're listening, but Apopka is like – I don't even know. You know what Apopka is? The strangest city I've ever seen. You know why? Because every other house has a giant greenhouse behind it. Crazy. Like, there's more greenhouses and there's more, like, nurseries and 
Randy English and I, Randy, you're in the chat room. You can back me up on this. We were both like, you got to be kidding me. Literally everywhere around, if you move, if you did, if you weren't on uh, 441, you came off of 441. It was, it was, yeah, 30 in a row. No joke. There'd be like 30 different nurseries in a row. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It just, there wasn't you a whole lot going on. You wonder, what are they growing in there? <laughs> Dude, one of them was called, like, Happy Farms. And I'm like, ha- I'm like I said, Happy Farms? Uh, I bet you they're getting ready for the, the vote to see if uh, marijuana is passed legally in the state of Florida. Happy Farms. Yeah, Randy English is, the whole time me and Randy are driving around, Randy's like, hey, you hit the door. Randy's like, yeah, we, he's like, yeah, we, we grow orchids and tulips <laughs> the whole time we're riding around. He's like, look at all of our orchids. We, we grow tulips and pansies. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, man. Oh, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting. But anyway, the, the point of that story is if the city of Apopka can put on an event that size and bring that many people into the city and, I don't know. I'm not really quite sure how much uh, money was generated from that event. I'm only going to guess as to the, I don't know. There, there was, there's definitely a few thousand there on, on Friday for sure. It's not maybe more than that, but everyone was walking around two fist and beers. So, you know, they made money on beer sales. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, Andrew, right. po- Andrew posted up a link. For FloridaOutdoorExpo.com, which is in Bureau, so we'll have to maybe check that out. They got concerts and stuff that go along with that. I'm not gonna, you know what? And 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 I will disagree with with uh, with Mr. Murdoch in the chat room. He said that it's getting bigger each year. I, I don't think it was as big as the first year. The first year to me was was a much bigger event. I mean, there was more vendors. There was uh, there was more uh, a few more acts. A few more, I think there was a concert Friday night, Saturday night, and a concert on Sunday. Um, so the first year they had it, I was over there helping out Jackson Kayaks, and I mean, there that thing was that that place was packed. Did you go over there for the first one? Yeah, Pat? yeah, yeah. I was there the whole weekend on the first one. The first one was. The first one was big. It was really big. They had some big vendors, um, big manufacturers uh, that were there. I mean, Hell's Bay was was one of the big sponsors that that first year. Also, I mean, it was really big the first year. The last two years, last year and this year, have been pretty uh, pretty similar. So, I mean, I still think the first year was the biggest year. I think yeah. that they had. Um, well, in the tent, the in the tent great. where they had the us, have been great. Oh, yeah, the concerts were awesome. In the tent where they had us uh, the first year, they had the Highwaymen and, and all these different artists and stuff that were in there. They, they had uh, big-name um, uh, guest speakers, uh, a lot of them. Um, of course, our, our own Captain Alex was there to do a, to do a, a, a seminar as well. Um, unfortunately, it rained on Saturday, so there wasn't much of a crowd hanging around. But, you know... Uh, they had Flip Pallet, they had Blair Wiggins, they had um, all kinds of guys that were there for uh, for the first one. But, you know, everything, yeah, hey, 
It's just like, you know, it's just like uh, Boondoggles, right? I mean, Boondoggles started off, the first one they ever had was like, there was like eight or ten people there, you know? And then you grew from that to like 30 or or 40, and then from that to like 60 or 70 and, and so on and so forth, so... Yeah, you know, it, it'll it'll increase. I'm sure next year. I'm sure a lot of folks had a great time. Um, the only thing that's hard about festivals in February is not knowing how to how to predict the weather. You can't predict the weather, so you know you got to plan for what you can plan for. And those things that you can't control, like the weather, you just got to suck it up and deal with it. You know. And I think that we did pretty much the best that we could. Um, there you go. Uh, Wade is telling us in the chat room that there is a how event this Sunday for Space Coast how chapter over at Fox Lake Park. Um, and uh, there you go. Uh, what time is that, Wade? I mean, you got any more details than, than that? And Sunday is kind of a it's 24 hours in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not being a jerk, but I don't want people to show up out there at like three o'clock and you guys are gone, or show up at nine, and you're not getting there till noon, or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, so um, other than that, let's talk a little bit about fishing. Alex, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here, man. All right, brother. Um, give us a give us a good fishing report for right now in, in the Space Coast area. I mean, let us know pretty much. Uh, you know, what's going down in, in the Banana River, the Indian River, you know, just kind of give us a, a lowdown. Absolutely. Um, first of all, I'd like to say make sure you take some time out Saturday afternoon to head down to KBB Outfitters and listen to a little seminar I'm going to give. Ooh, um, I almost forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> um, we'll be We'll be putting stuff out on Facebook, too, over the next week. Uh, remind everybody that Saturday, the 15th at 4 o'clock, KBB Outfitters, downtown Titusville, same building as Kayaks by Bo. Um, find us. We're on the International World Wide Web. <laughs> but, uh, no, we're, we're going to look a little bit into um, taking some of the stuff that I learned as a kid from my dad and my grandfather, what they used to do around here, some of the quote-unquote old-school tactics um, that used to fish around here, that still do catch fish around here, and uh, applying those to uh, your kayak situation. And uh, it'll be a neat little uh, kind of delve into the past of what uh, what used to be commonly used in the Indian and Banana and even in the Mosquito Lagoon, um, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago. So it'll be a neat little, uh, little trip down memory lane, and um, might find a few uh, tips or things in there that'll increase your catching even this day, you know, um, we're going to look a little bit at uh, trolling with some different types of hard baits, um, something that is seriously a lost art around here. Um, it's uh, a way we used to kill fish back in the day, and um, I admittedly don't do it as much as I should anymore. And um, and then also some variation on topwater plugs that uh, to really, uh, really put fish in the boat and uh, still will if you take the time to do it. Um, so it'll be a it'll be a neat little seminar, and uh, like I said, it's going to be at four o'clock in the afternoon. Swing on by, and um, I'm sure we'll be be finding something to uh, to do there, and uh, maybe have a few things to give away to people that show up. I know I got some extra Slayer bait sitting around here, and and uh, I'm sure we can scare up a few other things. 
So um, it'll definitely be a good time. Um, obviously, out here on the coast, uh, we didn't get quite as much rain as everybody got internally this weekend. Um, so the water levels didn't jump up crazy or anything like that. Um, we've had a solid redfish bite, uh, both bigger and small fish. Of course, the uh, the bridges are still, and the uh, the deep water areas that everybody likes to night fish are still uh, holding those big, big large redfish. Uh, for those that go look, they're they're in there waiting for the shrimp to run, just like everybody else who's got lights under their boat these days. Um, and uh, they'll be there all the way through the spring. So definitely, if you get a chance to get out, get out there on them, get on them. Um, I've found some really nice fish in both the No Motor Zone and the Indian River, um, all tailing in very, very shallow water, way up tight. Um, and they're liking that red rolly grass. That's one thing I call it red rolly grass. A lot I call it the red algae grass. Um, a lot of people look at it and think it's ugly, and there's no fish around it. Uh, that grass holds just as much, if not more, of the invertebrates and shell or uh, little clams and other little things that the redfish love to grub on this time of year. And uh, if you can find that grass, typically you'll find redfish. If it's piled up nice and high to where it's actually breaking the surface, you'll typically find some redfish around there. Most of the time they'll be tailing. So uh, that's been holding true for pretty much the entire entire lagoon system. Um, also, uh, the sea trout bite is getting ready to start going nuts. Uh, we're on a big moon right now. I'm actually standing out in front of the house, and it has yet to rise. But uh, we're on a large moon right now. I think we're only a few days out of the, the full moon. Which, uh, give it another month, and that full moon, I mean, it, you know, you need to be out there hunting for those big uh, sea trout that are getting nice and fat with roe and, and, uh, and getting real aggressive. Of course, we like to release those big girls so they can make more babies. But uh, there ain't nothing wrong with sticking, sticking a 20-inch trout in the frying pan because it'll make the best fish tacos you've ever had. Um, other than that, we have actually, uh, there has been a decent little, uh, little triple tail bite off the beach, though most are around the buoys, and that can be kind of combat fishing. So it's not necessarily as recommended for the uh, kayaking crowd, although it, it can be done, and you can get score some fish. Um, other than that, there's been some, uh, some whiting and also some pompano on the beach. If, uh, if conditions allow towards the end of the week, I think it might actually clean up and, and get a little calmer out there. Uh, that's a good thing to go do in the kayak. Up nice and close to the beach, a little bit of peeled shrimp, strips of clam, and you can uh, have a blast. Also, the, uh, the Doc's Goofy Jig, uh, which I don't know, you just got to kind of go find them. Everybody, uh, a lot of people carry them. I don't think we have them yet at KBB, do we, Chuck? No, I'm I'm trying to find a uh, an outlet for them. I haven't been able to find somebody who carries them. Yeah, they can be a little tricky to get a hold of, uh, especially up here. Uh, they're real, real super popular down south. Um, but uh, up here they're a little tough to get a hold of. Uh, if you can find them, uh, those goofy jigs, and basically it's a hook with some lead on it, painted orange or painted green, you know, chartreuse, with a little tuft of orange on it. And it mimics uh, sand flea. Those work really good on not just pompano, but also whiting, small redfish that you'll find in that, in that surf zone. And when I'm talking about the surf zone, especially from kayak, you want home seas so that you can fish that from the sand out to about 30 feet, 40 feet out, depending on the tide, it might be a little bit further. That inside trough is where most of your fish activity is going to be. Um, right where the water turns over the sand, that exposes the... Uh, exposes your little uh, 
uh, sand fleas and things of that nature. So other than that, keep an eye out to that, uh, that beach and the reports for it. The cobia are here. They're out a little deeper. Um, obviously a little bit of a trek for those of us in kayaks, um, but they should, as the spring progresses, uh, come closer into the beach and, and be a viable target for those looking to paddle off the beach. And uh, there's nothing like hooking a nice cobia in your kayak. We should make a run in in uh, your grandpa's boat. I'm actually uh, I'm actually taking a scout run tomorrow. I'm going out. Me and my buddy are taking his boat and running out. We're gonna go look around a little bit and maybe try to get a triple tail. Um, just kind of get a get a get an idea of what's going on. Yeah, it's definitely the time. And um, and if you can get out there to the right area, you can really find some good fish. The further you go down south in Brevard, the closer your deep water is. Um, up in Cape Canaveral, Cocoa Beach Pier area, a mile and a half out, you're only in 25-foot water. If you go a mile and a half out off of Satellite Beach, you're more like in 35 or 40-foot of water. So as you go further south, it, it progresses that, 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 that deeper water gets closer in. And, um, and you have a little better chance. So areas like Satellite Beach in the Atlantic, some of those areas might be the better time to uh, focus your efforts if you're really wanting to look at getting that, ki- that, uh, that kayak cobia for this early time. As it gets a little warmer and we get more of those southeasterly winds, uh, the bite areas off of Cocoa Beach and Cape Canaveral, Satellite Beach, those areas will start to light up more. You'll get some of those fish in shallower. So, yeah, things are happening. You know, spring's right around the corner for us. Uh, you know, fishing's always good here. That's why I live here. And speaking of cobia, I think that we have pretty much made a made a point to talk about it between me and you at least a few a few times. We t- I talked to Tom about it a couple times, and I, I believe that we are going to attempt to hold a month-long kayak cobia fishing tournament. Out of, Look at that uh, segue. Look at that perfect segue there, Mr. Chuck. Yeah, I think we're gonna. I think it would be a really good idea to kind of promote that kind of uh, kayak fishing off of our beaches, and um, and and that not really garnered much uh, much uh, attention in the kayaking community. Our beaches have, and we have phenomenal fishing uh, near shore, and and uh, and there's really no reason why we shouldn't be, you know, just odd as some of the other places where people like to go and, and do those kind of larger fish on the kayaks. So yeah, I think um, what we're looking at, if, if I'm not, if you, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, Chuck, is we were looking at doing uh, the uh, the month of, month of April, right? Yeah, I would say April will probably be our best shot. I mean, traditionally that's when the cobias move in tight to the beach. Uh, sometimes the rays will start to show up right then and uh, uh, bait pods as well. So that, I mean, it, it all varies. You know, the thing about cobia fishing, especially where we're at, we don't have structure that holds them per se. Um, that's close enough to kayak fish too, uh, besides the buoys out of the port. But uh, um, the bait pods are really, them and the manta rays, but more so even the bait pods are really the thing that I think that really draws those fish onto the beach. I mean, I've, I've pulled up, when I had my boat, I've pulled up on a bait pod before and just watched like, 15 cobias just swallowing pogies as fast as they can go. I mean, just annihilating yeah, a pogie pod. There's really nothing like pulling up to one of those bait pods, and there's four or five of them going through the bottom of it, and you can see it because it's a chin clear out there. And then yeah. you got three or four 
are just laying on the top, sunning themselves because they've already eaten so many pogies or about to puke. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely, that's what does them here. We Our bait holds real hell, real well here, um, and it, 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 it's what holds them in, too. And, uh, you know, you never know. It's really what it's according on is uh, is that southeast wind, really. Um, yeah. The southeast wind brings in the warmer water. It brings in that, that key temperature range of 68 to 72 degrees. 68 to 72 degrees is the key temperature that cobia travel in. Granted, you can catch one in 66-degree water, and you can very easily catch one in 77-degree water. But if you want that prime time, middle of the cove, you're looking at 68 to 72 degrees. And that section of water will travel its way up the beach and up the coast, and it'll go from here next up to, uh, up to off of New Smyrna, and then they'll get them up in Jacksonville, and then all the way up into the southeastern states. So we, um, we have our window of opportunity, and, and April is a good time for it. I think what we were going to do is um, it's going to be a bring your fish in tournament, and we're going to, uh, uh, you know, you're going to be required to actually bring your fish to kayaks by bow and throw it up on the scale and uh, take your fish weight there. We'll take some pictures of you. Um, cobia, once they reach 33 inches from nose to the fork of the tail, they're uh, considered legal. And anything over that, you know, 33-inch size will obviously count. Um, we may have to look at uh, unveiling a token or something like that at the beginning of the tournament so that if you are out there and you get a fish that's sublegal, we can find a way to, to score those sublegal fish. Um, but... Uh, but really what we're looking to see is, you know, that nice big cobia um, caught out of the kayak. Of course, you know, we want to see pictures of the, uh, the catch and everything like that. But, um, you know, it's one of those fish that we're, you know, we're graced with several different types of, types of fish that, you know, granted they aren't as plentiful as they were 25 years ago, but um, they're still a, a, a healthy, um, viable fishery. And um, there's certainly uh, no reason, you know, you shouldn't be able to go out there and and catch yourself a nice big fish and bring them home to bring them home to eat and, and uh, you know show off a little bit and, and see if you can't win some prizes. Um, we're still in the, in the it's still in the planning phases of this, but it'll be rolling out here hopefully within the next week and you know week or two so that we can get people uh, get people prepared in their mind for tournament time and and uh, and I don't know if we'll have uh, you know I don't know if we'll have anything anything range wise or anything like that. I think we're pretty much. Uh, pretty much steadfast on it has to be uh it has to be launched from uh from straight from kayak no boat involved correct chuck yeah absolutely uh it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair to, to throw a couple kayaks into a boat and run up to the shoal and drop in on the shoal and, and basically sight fish your fish off the bottom i mean it just that that's not what we're looking for is guys who are going to plunge out through the surf or go out of the port and uh or wherever you want to go i mean i i'm not going to put restrictions on boundaries if you want to drive to the West Coast and try and catch one, have at it. You just have to bring the fish yep. to me, and I have to be able to weigh it. And I need I, we we're going to need some kind of a proof, some sort of proof, whether it's a uh, whether it's a video. I mean, most of us have videos on our on our on our kayaks anymore. When you fish with somebody, they've got a camera they could or a phone they could pull out and video you. We, we need some sort of proof that you caught it from a kayak. You know, I mean, not that we don't trust anybody, but it's just too easy during the Cobia run 
to run out there in a, in a center console go fast boat, catch a 65 or 70 pounder or even bigger. And, uh, oh yeah, hey, look what I caught from my kayak. Like, not to say you can't catch a 65 or 70 or 80 pound or 90 pound Kobe from your kayak, but if you caught a 90 pound Kobe or 80 pound Kobe from your kayak and you didn't video it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be a little a little hard to a little hard to believe. So, but you know, it's going to be a month long thing. It's not going to be you know a specific date because it's it's one of those things. Not everybody can go fish on on a Saturday or on a Sunday or whatever the day. So it's open. If you want to fish 30 days out of the month and try and win, cool. If you want to fish one day and or the weather's only good for one day, kind of levels the playing field a little bit. But you know, I, it, it this is for fun. There'll be some prizes and stuff. We haven't really figured out exactly what we're going to do yet, as as Alex said. But yeah, yeah we really, really want to promote uh, the offshore game, so to speak, throughout uh, the east coast of Florida. And in saying that, um, Andrew Mixon, uh, who, who's uh, in the chat room there. He just let us know that April 12th is the DOA tournament. April 27th is the IFA in Titusville and April, maybe the the cars park kayak thing. Um, so with saying that about wanting to promote the offshore side of things, um, Andrew got with me a couple, what about a week ago or so we were sitting there chit chatting on Facebook and, uh, he had a great idea with, with the popularity of the tournaments that are going on down South in uh in pompano area um that that joe's putting on down there he's doing a great job with all that stuff by the way uh they just Mm -hmm. successfully launched their first ever the first ever sailfish kayak tournament um upcoming soon is the the battle in the bahamas um they always have events going on down south of pompano beach or whatever um so anyway andrew thought it would be a good idea why don't we have a seminar one night at the shop where we specifically talk about targeting the fish that run down south, you know, out of the kayak. So we're talking, you know, typical uh, pelagic type species, your mahi, your wahoo, um, kingfish, sailfish, uh, tunas, and then also to a little bit of the uh, the bottom stuff. Um, maybe some talk about amber jacks, which are not hard to catch. I mean, come on, anybody? Oh, they're hard to land, but they're not—they're not hard to hook. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, groupers, that kind of thing. So <laughs> they aren't—they aren't called—they aren't called reef donkeys for anything. Right, right. So you know, but we'll, we'll go over some uh, some tactics that'll work for you out of a kayak if you're if you're new to kayak fishing and you're you're thinking about man, I'd really love to go offshore. I see these guys down south the and you know like andrew and and uh brian neely and some of these guys that are just crushing it down there um then feel free you know we'll we'll, we'll announce the date once we get it all lined up but uh you know i think that it's 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 a it's a very viable uh opportunity for people to get down south and, and do some of that offshore fishing um you know i know there's a bunch of guys in our space coast kayaking group which by the way we're what 582 members now Oh yeah, so you know that's pretty awesome. Um, but, but there's a lot of guys, including myself, that would love to get down south and do a little bit more of that that offshore stuff. Um, and you know, it's nice to hear from guys who've actually done it. You know, done it down south and, and know kind of how how the game is played, so to speak. So we'll uh, yeah, we'll push that because you know 
I, I think that it's it's one of those things that there's a lot of interest. I don't know, Peppy, you, you, do you have any desire to go down south and do that stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely do it. It's just it's one of those things that, you know, done it from boats my whole life, but never from a kayak like that. And it's something new to me, you know what I'm saying? It would be something new for myself. I, I, you know, I'm not experienced at doing it out of a kayak, sort of timid in a way, thinking, okay, you hook a sailfish, you got this this five foot six foot sailfish with on now how you know just try to get this thing on top of the boat whole thing it's all intimidating to me to tell you the truth but you know it's one of those things I'll do it with with somebody experienced that's why I even I've told Brian before you know I've told Brian Brian I want to do it with you you know just because of that because he's experienced at it you yeah know, it, absolutely it, it's completely different in a kayak than doing it in a boat yeah 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 <laughs> for sure I mean. It's easy, it's it's a lot easier to do it out of a boat than it is to do it out of a kayak. I mean, oh yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, you could drag six lines behind a behind a typical center console with outriggers, throw a ballyhoo on each one, maybe a split tail mullet, you know, on a downrigger or something like that, and just drag baits aimlessly for hours until something eats something. When you you launch a kayak and you go out in the ocean and you know you it's it's really you now you and the fish. Um, so. Uh, Definitely, definitely cool stuff they got going on down there. Um, you know, we, there's a bunch of man. There's so much I want to do this year. Uh, we're, you know, I'd like to try and do a couple of other tournaments, you know, month long type fishing tournaments where people of all uh, skill level can get involved in there at the shop. So, if you have any ideas of maybe some tournaments you'd like to see be put on, um, I'm not talking about having a, a captain's meeting and having a. Well, maybe we could do a captain's meeting just for fun, but. Um, but, right. you know, not having it's not with it not being so serious, right? Like, you don't need to to show up on a specific day or whatever like that. So, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at Redfish Chuck, or just type in Charles Levi Jr. I'll pop up, and then uh, there you go. And uh, we'll we'll try and try and do what we can do. But well, we're past our hour mark. Folks are starting to drop out of the uh, chat room there, so uh, which typically happens right around nine nine fifteen. I want to thank everybody who's hung out with us most of the evening here and uh, spent your Monday night listening to Peppy and I and Alex talk about you know our passion, our love, which is kayak fishing here on the uh, Space Coast of Florida. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing from some of you guys in the next the couple next couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully, you guys will call in, give us some. Uh, some fishing reports and such. Um, we're going to try and do something kind of neat, I think, to go along with the show. I'd like to try and do some sort of a podcast, not a podcast, but some sort of a webisode where maybe perhaps we'll do like a, uh, a mini, like an ultra mini seminar uh, videotaped and then thrown up onto the, uh, thrown up onto the uh, Facebook page for Kayak Fishing Radio. So if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns about tactics or rigs or things that we might have talked about in previous shows or the show that you just heard, again, you can contact us via Facebook or, or email. My email address is simple, redfishchuck at hotmail.com. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to kind of knock those out for you, kind of show you how to do it, whether it's a knot, you know, knot tying or um, whatever. So we'll figure it out. But with that, Mr. Alex, if somebody wants to uh, hire you to take them fishing, whether it be by kayak or skiff or small offshore boat, how do they do that, sir? Uh, your best option would be to go 
the good old interweb and look up locallinescharters.com. And uh, on there, I have an autofill booking uh, form. Fill that out. Get me your information, and, uh, and I'll shortly be in contact with you, and we can help you out with whatever you want to try to get done out here on the Space Coast. Um, also, if you just have questions, feel free to send me an email. Um, my website there has my email on it. It also has my phone number. Uh, I get calls from people from all over the place and, uh, you know, daily asking me different questions about, uh, about the area and about the fishing and, uh, and how the fishing's been. And uh, I'm always happy to field any question you have. Uh, so f- please feel free to give me a, a look up there on the Internet at localinescharters.com. Feel free to just give me a call at 321-480-3255. Uh, I'll pop up uh, on the, uh, the Redfish Chuck show every now and then when I get a chance to uh, be free for a little while. And, of course, you can uh, find me on Facebook, too, at Local Lines Guide Service. Um, that's pretty much it. And if you get a chance, make sure you get out there to Kayaks by Bow this, uh, this Saturday afternoon, the 15th at 4 o'clock, and we're going to do that seminar. It should be really good and uh, spend some time at the Outfitters and, uh, and get people, and hopefully some of you guys come out. Very cool, man. I appreciate it as always, Alex. Thanks so much for calling in, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for hanging out this weekend, man. I really appreciate it. And from Mr. Alex, of course, we go to my brother from another mother, Mr. Peppy. Yep. So uh, real quick, I know we're ending it. Um, Since uh, we left everybody hanging at the beginning, I'll say it real quick. Um, March 14th. And 15th, I think it is Friday and Saturday. I think if people want to mark this in your calendar, it's probably going to be it's going to be a pretty good event. I'm thinking um, Kayak Fishing Classic is going to have their tournament here in Mosquito Lagoon. It will start. This is what I got in word. Okay, talking to talking to Captain Pat about it. We will be starting the tournament probably on Friday night at 7 p.m. It will be a bait tournament at night. It will be a bait tournament at night, probably all over Canal. It'll be a, it's going to be a two-part tournament. It's going to be a night tournament with bait, okay? And then there's going to be a second tournament that happens Saturday morning when daylight breaks, artificial only, in Mosquito Lagoon. So it's going to be a pretty cool tournament. It's going to be a long, long, long tournament pretty much. I mean, you're going to be up all night if you want to stay up all night fishing it. And then the morning is going to be an artificial tournament. So it should be pretty cool. You know, you're going to be able to catch some big fish on bait in Holliver Canal and stuff. So so just uh, that's going to be, I think, March 14th and 15th, if I'm not mistaken. So just mark your calendars if you guys want to do something a little different. And then if you haven't gone to Holliver Canal and done that kind of fishing before, there's going to be a lot of guys fishing it that have done it. That, you know, you could, you know, it's, it's no better chance that you're going to have to go out there like that at any other time with people that are experienced that have done it before. That way you're not alone or anything like that in Holliver Canal. So just mark the calendars for that. It should be pretty cool. Sounds uh, awesome, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be fun, dude. I think that's fun to hang out in Holliver Canal, even if you don't catch fish, even if, or you you know what I'm saying, to hang out with all those people in Holliver Canal at night. That's going to be cool. You know what I'm saying? You're, I mean, could be like a party in there, you know? <laughs> like a rave. <laughs> it's going to be a rave in the Holliver Canal. Let all your friends know. Bring your glow sticks. Yeah, right? Yep. Yeah, it should be fun, though. I'll be, it'll be fun, that's for sure. <laughs> that's um, awesome. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, that'll be it'll be cool, man. It really will. And a lot of people, it's going to be a, bit, a good experience for a lot of people that have never done it before. You know, it really right. will. So, um, yeah. In that point, let me uh, let me thank my sponsors here. Um, just did, did you hear me scream earlier when I screamed out? Yeah, earlier when you guys were talking or something like that. I, I don't know if you heard me earlier or stuff like that. Well, I got to tend to my daughter. One of my daughters, I was outside cooking barbecue and stuff, and my and sliding glass door was closed. She turned yeah. around and walked right into the sliding glass door like it was <laughs> like it was open. I don't know if you heard me. I yelled something out. It's like, yeah, she hit the deck. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. Yeah, man. I couldn't believe that, man. But, um, hey, at that point, um, all right, let me thank uh, Native Watercraft. Aquabound Paddles, Orca Coolers, Harry Goods Outdoor Shops, Slayer Inc. Lures, Tackle Webs, Hook One, Yak Attack, Kayaks by Bo, KBB Outfitters, Tailing Toads, and Ram Mount Systems. Um, thank you, everybody, for having us. Thank you, and um, hope everybody has a good night. Indeed. And uh, for me, of course, uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank everybody for the well wishes. Uh, that were sent my family's way when we had our little issue with Logan um, last week. Uh, still, uh, he's doing good. He's fine. Um, seems to be fine. Uh, but I definitely appreciate appreciate all the prayers and, and thoughts and such. Um, thank you very much for that. So, uh, yeah. I'd like to thank Hobie Kayaks, Orca Coolers, Tackle Webs, Railblazer Yak Gear, Ego Nets, ENO, Bending Branches Paddles, Slayer Inc. Lure Company, KBB, of course, KBB Outfitters, Real Adrenaline Energy Drinks, and Adventurous Custom Rods. Now, let me tell you something real quick about Real Adrenaline Energy Drinks. <laughs> I pounded two of those things at the old Florida Outdoor Festival to try and stay awake. And I was like, I was ready to go dancing. <laughs> I wanted to... I wanted to like run a marathon after that, man. My heart was was just pounding. And I felt I felt more energized than I had felt in in weeks, man. Great product. Tastes tastes actually tastes really really good. Um, I'm not. I used to not be a big energy drink drinker until just a couple of years ago. I started to kind of drink one every now and again whenever I need a little pep. But uh, I'll tell you right now, it's um. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, tastes like uh, sweet tarts. But anyhow, I digress. <laughs> Listen, folks, take your kids out fishing. They're the future of our sport. Uh, help spread the word about kayak fishing at your local kayak fishing shop or at your local tackle store. Um, if you're down at the water and you see somebody who's, you can tell their eyeball on your boat, feel free to, you know, reach out to them and invite them to join our group on Facebook, Space Coast Kayak Anglers. Um, if you're not from our area and you're listening to the show, feel free if you'd like to come down here sometime and or at least just watch what we do down here on, in uh, arguably the hardest place in the world to catch redfish. Um, feel free to check us out there on Facebook. We accept all kinds. And uh, with that being said, once again, I am your host, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. Happy being the co-host. Captain Alex filling in from time to time. Really appreciate all the support. Share us, uh, share our show with your friends on Facebook if you don't mind, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. God bless. Take it easy. Have a safe week. See ya. Good night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.